Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Nerdy Knights of the Well-Rounded Table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Sarah O'Connor, Queen of Queries and Defender of Droids. Welcome. Yay, Sarah's back. Yeah. Hello there. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator. And I am Pyro Jedi and employer of Ugnaughts, Anders Drew. And Sarah, yes, welcome back. It has been too long since I've heard you say that in trial. Yeah. Yes! Woo, 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 no matter what ranks we carry, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn we still have. Indeed. This season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we're taking a detailed dorky dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today we're diving into season three. Y'all, we are on season three. Episodes one and two, Steps into Shadow, parts one and two. We have done our best to scramble our signature, and we will be avoiding spoilers for future episodes of Rebels, but I will throw an adult content warning for the younglings. We get into some stuff in the in the last Holocron, guys. Yeah, the Holocron. <laughs> yeah. mind, Holocron. So without further ado, let's hop on board the Phantom and rescue Hondo, my boy, as we explore our Holocrons of knowledge. Colleen, let's punch it and open that first Holocron. I'm going to make Sarah do the first part. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'll do it. Since she's being welcomed back. I yeah, know. since I'm back, let's do it. So for the first Holocron is the Journey of the Wills, where we go over the plot summary episode. And so Steps into mm-hmm. Shadow Part 1 begins with the purple guy, the Mando girl, and new Herdo Ezra Bridger heading into an Imperial prison to rescue Hondo Anaka yes! with his surprise cellmate, Turba who has information they need. Classic Star Wars, a firefight breaks out and the rebels flee. Mm -hmm. Ezra charges through several stormtroopers and cuts them down with his new green lightsaber. (laughs) Turbo tries to flee, but is blasted to death by an ATDP walker. Ezra then uses the force to talk over the AD or take over the ATDP driver's mind and becomes, quite frankly, a ruthless killer. Yeah. Murdering all the stormtroopers before having the pilot walk off the edge of the platform to his death. That just seems kind of unnecessary. Like, just intense. Mm. We're going to talk about that. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's then that Hera <laughs> arrives and the rebels jump aboard. 
Hera chastises Ezra for not knowing all the details to his plan before Ezra angrily storms off. Then he starts <laughs> flirting hardcore with the Sith holocron. Oof. I mean, she does have a sexy voice, but come on, Ezra. Like, you know better than that. Meanwhile, well, I mean, Harris taken. Sabine won't give him the time of day. It's the first, like, friendly female <laughs> voice he's ever had. Yeah. Yeah, what's, what's a teen going to do with all of his spare time? <laughs> Talk to the sexy Sith all the time. <laughs> Meanwhile, on an Imperial Star Destroyer, Governor Arenda fucking Price That's enters bitch. Grand Moff Tarkin's office for a private meeting. Mm-hmm. When Tarkin asks her how things are going on Lothal, hmm, Price responds that everything on the planet is secure, apart from those pesky recent rebel attacks on Naraka's prison. Oh no. After bantering a bit, Tarkin grants her command of the Seventh Fleet. Ugh, mm, this is going to be fine, everyone. Back to the rebels, Hondo asks for payment <laughs> and shares details about an Imperial demolition station called Reclam Station, which contains old but reliable Y-Wings. Satu appoints Ezra lieutenant commander of the mission to Reclam Station, but Ezra is moody, you know, just to be mm-hmm. out a little bit, that Kanan never seems to be around. It's kind of funny, though. He's like, where's dad? But also, I don't need my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not around, but I don't need him. Flips table, goes to find his hologram again. Kanan is busy meditating and hearing some mysterious voices calling out to him. Is he going crazy? What the hell is going on? Later, Kanan enters Ezra's room <laughs> without knocking, this is fine, and stumbles upon the Sith holocron, just chilling, you know, on Ezra's table, open, chilling and open on Ezra's table. He's not pleased, and the two of them fight before Ezra storms out the room, telling his master that he doesn't need him or the holocron. One good decision on Kanan's part there, like taking it with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's had some, some questionable decisions the last couple episodes, but thankfully taking it with him so Ezra can't use it. Take the, the triangle of doom, please. <laughs> not, not, not a euphemism. That. No. So pretty soon after that, Ezra and his fellow rebels, including Rex and Hondo, travel to Reclam Station on the Phantom. They exit hyperspace at the Sarita Waypoint and are cornered by the Mining Guild Space Patrols with those really interesting, like, yellow yellow TIE Fighter things. Mm-hmm. Sabine tells Chopper to get them out of there after they take out a couple of the TIE Fighters, but Ezra wants to stay and basically eliminate all witnesses, leave no, leave no one behind. Yeah. Um, again, another, another really... Oh, God, Ezra, just very ruthless... Not not Ooh. not going so well for Ezra right now. Mm-mm. A little worried about this kid. A little too uh, Sagarera. Yeah. Ezra right now. Well, fortunately, Rex and Sabine kind of convince him to back off the decision, and they just make the jump to hyperspace. Back on Adelon, the mysterious voice leading Kanan turns out to be a giant space moose called the Bendu, a creature who states that he exists in the middle of the Force. He is the balance. Uh, Bendu inspects the Sith holocron and informs Kanan that an object could be used for both good and evil. Mm-hmm. Neither one is inherently one way or the yeah. other. Big Tom Bombadil vibes here from yeah. the Lord of the Rings, who he, he could put on the Ring of Power and nothing happened to him. <laughs> Bendu's just like, oh, this old thing? <laughs> Sith holocron. This trinket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Which is very interesting, also considering Ezra is very adamant that he is using the the Sith holocron for good, that he can handle it. Yeah. No, no, we can't. Uh, moreover, he tells Kanan that while his eyes can't be healed, he can teach Kanan to see with his other senses. Back on the Imperial Star Destroyer, Admiral Constantine tells Grand Moff Tarkin that Governor Price is overestimating the threat posed by the Phoenix Rebels. Enter Thrawn. When Tarkin yeah. asks Thrawn <laughs> what he thinks of Governor Price's theory about the Rebels in the Lothal Sector, Thrawn makes a connection between Hondo's breakout and the Reclam Station and vows to tear the Rebels apart piece by piece in that super quiet, creepy voice. Yeah, yeah, Lars Mikkelsen. <laughs> Kicking off part two, the Phantom arrives above Yarmin and the Rebels discover the Y-Wings are being destroyed. Ezra foregoes their reconnaissance mission, much to the quiet concern of his companions, and the team heads in to retrieve the remaining Y-Wings. Commander Braun Titus is informed about the perimeter breach, and the dismantler droids head in to attack the Rebels. The Phantom is hit badly, but Sabine manages to dock beneath the station. Ezra orders everyone to shut down the conveyor belt, and the team encounters several Ugnot workers who agree to help. Yes. I love yeah. while, this, while this is going on, Kanan is being trained by the Bendu, who helps Kanan see past what he thought of the Kreenok spiders before Kanan heads off to help Ezra, who he senses is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Back at Rutlum Station, the rebels refuel the remaining Y-Wing starfighters. However, they are spotted by a dismantled droid and things get dicey. Mm. Hera contacts Ezra and she and Commander Sato can tell that Ezra's recon mission has turned into a recovery mission. Mm-hmm. Which After now Ezra must takes... turn into a rescue mission. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> After Ezra takes out several stormtroopers, he storms the command center and confronts Braun, who tells Ezra that the only way to unlock the Y-Wings is to cut power to the entire station. So, like, thanks for telling me how to do it, bro. <laughs> he Darkly, just, he didn't think Ezra was crazy enough to do it. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Darkly, Ezra is happy to comply and uses his lightsaber to cut power to the station before ordering his team to evacuate. Hondo, of course, is more than happy to comply, flying away to safety. But Ezra's team realizes that the hyperspace capabilities have been removed just as the team is blocked by an Imperial Star Destroyer. Ooh, yikes. Fortunately, though, for our crew, the Ghost and the Quasar Fireclass cruiser carrier Phoenix Nest emerge from hyperspace. Oh, thank God that Hera did not listen to Ezra. And Hera orders Sabine and her team to get their Y-Wings aboard the fighter carrier. Karen Kanan then head into Yarma's atmosphere to rescue Ezra, which is so awesome. Hera's piloting here is insane. Yeah. Like flying that close parallel to the falling. While it's falling. Station. Yeah. Crazy. She's and so spotting good. I don't him think too. Else could do that. Yeah. Yeah. She's got great eyes. Great just like spatial reasoning. Like, oh girl, you're good. Poor Ezra. Poor BB. He's clinging to the falling station for dear life. He's afraid to jump, but Kanan convinced it him to let go of his fear and to trust him which is pretty big because Kanan's blind y'all yeah <laughs> Ezra's reaching out for somebody who's blind and is not he doesn't know that Kanan has these kind of new abilities yet back on the Star Destroyer Price tells Thrawn via hologram that the battle has unfolded as he anticipated and the rebel fleet has arrived Thrawn's like that's not the rebel fleet <laughs> which is pretty 
astute on his part, and he orders them to allow the rebels to escape with their, quote, mega rewards. Back at Chopper Base, Hera reprimands Ezra for disobeying orders, rightfully, endangering mm -hmm. his team and destroying the Phantom. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. The Phantom it's... fell to its yeah. ultimate death. <laughs> it did. R.I.P. Phantom. We love you. Mm -hmm. She then explains that the Y-Wings are to head to General Yanodana. Yes! <laughs> Dodana! We don't get enough of Dodana in Star Wars, which is part of the rebellion that grows day by day. Later, Ezra apologizes to Kanan for using the Sith holocron and thanks him for coming to his rescue. Kanan tells his apprentice that he will always come back. And the two reconcile. Wonderful. <laughs> so beautiful. Absolutely beautiful moment. All right. Now we will head into our second holocron, The Will of the Force. This is where we will be exploring the theme or the themes of today's episodes. Sarah, you want to start us here? Yeah, I wanted to start with a question instead of saving it for conjecture at the cantina. What do we think steps into shadow means? Mm -hmm. Ooh, well, I love that title, first of all. Yes. Fantastic title. The first thing we should be thinking when we hear shadow now, especially after the season two finale, is Maul. Mm. You hear shadow, that is what the Inquisitors call Maul. Shadow, dark side. That is definitely what we should be thinking about when we see this. And steps into Shadow is definitely about Ezra. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes. we start off with that with that walker where he literally steps it off the edge. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, normally, oof. normally the phrase is always like stepping out of the shadows, right? And kind of coming mm -hmm. into view. Yeah. But here he seems to be taking that step backwards heading into darkness yeah yes heading into mm -hmm. darkness i think it might also have a little something to do with thrawn as well because thrawn mm -hmm. he's got that really subtle quiet voice and he's seeing this larger picture and it's almost like not he's not revealing his full hand he's playing some things very close to the chest and keeping things in the shadow mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely well and it's He's almost more menacing than Vader in this aspect because Vader is supposed to be like the ultimate evil in the galaxy. He's very scary. But someone like Thrawn would be very detrimental to the entire rebellion. Whereas Vader is more like, he's there, he's scary, like you're afraid of him. You're afraid Thrawn? of him. Vader's just yes. not that bright, though. No, <laughs> we love you, Anakin. <laughs> That, that's we smart. love you, Anakin, so much, but he is in no way in Thrawn's league when it comes to tactical stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, season three, we are stepping into the shadows, you guys. Yes, <laughs> very uh, cool. There for some dark stuff. It's gonna get wild. Okay, so next we have our episode themes. I think Sarah's question really is like the theme for this season. The season three is about stepping into shadows and shadows in general. For episode one, we have easy, like fast results and those steps into shadow because when you're doing the easy thing, that is, according to Kanan, heading towards the dark side, mm -hmm. which yes, here we can definitely see that. And Ezra, even though he's been successful, is using the Sith holocron. So he is taking those easy, quick results. Kanan's like using your anger will work but in the short it term it will send you down a path yeah in the short term it will work but it'll set you down the wrong path mm -hmm. so we're gonna have to watch our little baby and see what 
he does in the upcoming episodes with this kind of quick, easy results. If he goes back and starts listening to Kanan more, we hope we have hope for you, Ezra. And then we have episode two, which is all about forgiveness, forgiving yourself and forgiving others. Like Kanan says at the beginning when Hera's like, you know what, like why you need to do something. Ezra thinks that he's the one who's at fault for what happened to you. And Kanan's like, I don't blame him. And she says, well, I wish you'd tell him that. Yeah. Like, Imagine that Hera telling people to communicate <laughs> once again. <laughs> she's great job, at that. Hera. She's so great. I love Hera. Aces for Hera this episode. <laughs> All right, and then on our series theme, again, we come back to the chosen family. And I mean, Ezra is straining the bonds with his family in these in these episodes, very much so. He's very rude to Sabine, to Zeb, to Rex, mm-hmm. and but he's very rude to Kanan. And guys, it seems only fitting that we are actually recording this episode on Father's Day. Happy yeah. Father's Day to all the space dads and all the Dadalorians out there. Yes. Um, and then we get back and focus in on this Kanan and Ezra relationship. I mean, Ezra is the absolute full emo rebellious teenager here, yelling at Kanan that he doesn't need him anymore. He's gotten so much power. He needs more power and he has more than Kanan now. Um, Mm -hmm. Kanan is obviously very worried. He's still terrified for Ezra and everything that he thinks could possibly happen. And now this is confirming his fears almost. Mm -hmm. But he ultimately makes that decision that no he needs to go back and he needs to be there for Ezra even mm-hmm. though Ezra told him to go away he needs to go back and that last moment when they kind of when they reunite when Ezra is falling on that station and his all of all he can say to himself is Kanan where are you yeah so everything's going wrong where's my dad yes. <laughs> sobbing everything's fine yeah <laughs> Kanan is the best dad in the galaxy. He really is. Him and Bail Organa are pretty much the mm-hmm. competent father figures in the galaxy. We don't have much options for anybody else. Yeah, no. Sadly. Oh my gosh. Okay, I think we're ready to head into our third holocron, which is the galaxy's populace, in which we go over the characters and their relationships from this episode. We're going to start out with big blue hottie, Thrawn. Boom, he is here. In Rebels. Boop. He's going to be our big bad for this season, everyone. Welcome, welcome, Thrawn. He is the only alien Imperial officer, and the fact that he's a grand animal and has Palpatine's ear irks a lot of people. Yeah. If you read the 2017 novel Thrawn by Timothy Zahn, you'll see how he got all of his promotions and in a very short period of time. Thrawn is Chiss, which is an alien race that lives in the unknown regions and isn't known for mixing with other societies. Thrawn is unique among his own people as well. He has a keen strategic mind and a fascination with art and cultures from other civilizations that we will see coming up. Love that about him. One of his better qualities. Yes, he loves art. <laughs> he would love Next. Sarah's art. But he is not Next an time. artist. No, no, he he consumes, he curates, he admires. Yes. Um, next up is Governor Price. This governor Ugh. of LaFall has been mentioned in various episodes throughout season one, but here she makes her first on-screen appearance. Calculating and power hungry, she's immediately giving off some Tarkin-esque vibes as opposed to like poor, poor minister Tua, oh frankly. God, poor, hopeless Tua. <laughs> Her ask for the 7th Fleet and for Grand 
Admiral Thrawn's assistance is a quite a power grab. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was kind of insane for her to ask for the seventh fleet. <laughs> Even Tarkin was like, "You really? want what? You want what now?" <laughs> but he gives it to her. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have my boy. We have Hondo Onaka. Hondo never changed, man. Just never, never changed. Just great to see him back again. They use him the absolute perfect amount. Like, so you're not like getting sick of him and you're just having a good time with everything he's doing. Yes. Very fun moment where he speaks Ugnot. Um, kind of mm-hmm. similar to uh, later in the solo movie where Han tries to speak Wookiee. Although I think this one is a lot better than, than that particular oh, yeah. moment. Yes. Who would have thought, Hondo, he's very cultured. He can speak multiple languages. I wonder mm-hmm. how many more he could possibly speak. And he seems to oh, have picked a up a few new crew members. Just a few. Yep. <laughs> I love the Ugnaughts in this episode, too. They're oh, they're so great. great. <laughs> Next up, we've got Ezra. And our boy has finally reached that Order of the Phoenix Harry Potter stage. I mean, really, who ordered the moody teenager with a side of snarky attitude? Oh, Ezra tests the bonds between him and Kanan to the breaking point in these episodes, both wanting Kanan to engage with him while simultaneously pushing him away. Ezra needs Kanan far more than he realizes. And with Kanan pulling away, he searches for another teacher. That's Sith Holocron. His desperation to make sure nothing bad will ever happen to his family again is peak Anakin Skywalker behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just not good. Also a little bit of Luke there from Empire when he's desperate to leave Dagobah when he's like, my friends are in danger. Like, I'm out of mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Oh, every single time freaking Yoda is like face palming on Dagobah <laughs> when he's feeling all this stuff happening. Be like, maybe you shouldn't have sent him to freaking Malachor Yoda. You didn't want this fracturing to happen. Ugh, testing the bonds, man. Speaking of the testing of the bonds, we've got Kanan up next. He's just as broken, if not more so, than Ezra in these episodes. He's got that kind of inner anger and frustration that's making all of these ripples in the force. So much so that he awakens the Bendu. Like, he is so unbalanced that the Bendu wakes up like a freaking alarm clock. Yeah. He's like, you're messing up my vibe. I was happily asleep. <laughs> Yes, was happily, very happily asleep. Wasn't doing anything. Everything was great on my freaking planet with the spiders. <laughs> he freaking loves those spiders, you guys. He might say he doesn't blame Ezra for what happened on Malachor, but he's apparently not told Ezra that probably would have been good yeah. to mm-hmm. do. Like first, first order of business after you get like your cute mask and stuff and grow your beard out luxuriously. That would have been to say, you know what, Ezra, I know this is bad and it's awful that we lost Ahsoka. I don't blame you. (laughs) First order of business should have been that. Apparently it was not. I do like that he trusts enough in the force to learn from the Bendu that he needs to reach out and search inside himself for the inner peace that he's seeking. Mm -hmm. Like it's just as important to connect with the force within yourself as it is to connect with the outside. And then the spiders finally start being like, oh, you're cool. I can dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Our poor boy. Next up we get back, we get Grimoff Tarkin. Mm-hmm. So we learned back in the 2017 novel Thrawn that Price is kind of under Tarkin's wing. She's mm-hmm. finagled her way into his circle. 
And they do support each other, mainly because Price dug up some shit on another moth who Tarkin wanted to get out of his way. So she managed to blackmail her way into his inner circle. And Thrawn basically told her that it would probably be in her interest to just get closer to Tarkin. So now all three of them are kind of tied together in a way that we haven't necessarily seen before among the Imperials. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That kind of system of alliances mm-hmm. is really interesting. That's what I love the Thrawn books, just because of the kind of political stuff. Yeah. Where you see the infighting and the backbiting between the Imperial officers that Palpatine obviously does not care about. It's like, oh, they're trying to destroy each no, other. He this thinks is fine. that the strongest ones will come out and that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Sure, everything's fine. <laughs> then you get fucking Arenda Price to be governor of Lothal. Everything's fine. <laughs> Oh. And then last up, we've got the Bendu Space Force Moose, voiced by Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor Who. The Bendu is neither light nor dark. He sits smack dab in the middle, a neutral bystander. He's so does that make him the, the most... chosen one? Does that yeah, make right? him the actual chosen one? <laughs> seriously, seriously. I mean, noodle on that. He's arguably the most balanced force wielder in Star Wars and doesn't take sides. That said, he's willing to teach, though, instructing Kanan on how to get past his inner turmoil. Yes, I do love the Bendu. Interesting concept. I mean, once again, insane. When I first watched, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, what is this thing that they have introduced into Star Wars? I love it. It's more, it seems more kind of never ending story at first mm, than Star Wars, but he fits into the world really well. And it's obvious that the planet has kind of grown up around him because all of the structures look like him. Yeah, I was gonna say he kind of, he's fitting in with this idea, we saw it on Lothal, the idea of the natural force. Yes. That it is something that's literally just like growing out of the earth. Mm-hmm. I just love like my that. favorite Jedi temple. <laughs> exactly. All right, next, we're moving into our fourth holocron, one of my favorites, Finding the Galaxy Together, in which we check out our homages and Easter eggs from these episodes. Andrews, you want to get us started? Absolutely. So we talked a little bit already about kind of the Anakin parallels that Ezra is going through with letting his anger fuel him, desperately trying to protect his friends at any cost, even his Mm -hmm. own soul, basically. Um, But we also get some more of the, uh, the Luke parallels here. He's got a new lightsaber. We're not really sure where he got the kyber crystal for it. Maybe he grabbed it on the way out of Malachor. There was a whole field of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it has made, he's got a, it's not only is it new, it's a new color. It's gone green. So he's gone from blue to green, just like Luke does uh, in mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi. And also like Luke, he's starting to flirt a little bit with the dark side there. He's just like when Luke shows up at Jabba's palace and starts force choking his way through things, trying to mind control Jabba the Hutt. Ezra is- Doesn't work on the Huts. No, (laughs) it doesn't. Ezra is absolutely flirting with the dark side here and he thinks he can control it. Such, (sighs) higher they rise, the further they fall, man. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about those creepy crawly spiders because they are back and we get more insight into them. They're part of nature, and frankly, therefore, neither light nor dark. That said, they are yes, predators. Yes, they are dark. Yeah, uh, they are Andrew predators. Says they're not. 
because that's in their nature. Bendu says a lot. Bendu explains to Kanan that they're reacting off the energy Kanan is putting out. Mm-hmm. Which would be interesting. That kind of that implies that they do have a degree of force sensitivity, that they're like empathic in some mm-hmm. way. Yes. Which is interesting. Yeah. Speaking of Kanan, though, we've got he's got a new mask and it features all right, Colleen, help me pronouncing this. Is it Yeg or Jag? I think it's Jag. Jag. I, I think. Eyes. I think. Um, this is also known as a Shriekhawk. The eyes represent bravery and are a mark of honor. Mm-hmm. This is a Mandalorian custom, which probably means Sabine's the one who painted this mask for him as a symbol mm-hmm. for Kanan. Mm-hmm. Rex's clone trooper helmet also features these eyes given to him by one of his Mandalorian trainers as a very young clone. Mm-hmm. Good job, Rex. Rex and Kanan, bros, bros with their <laughs> helmets and masks. <laughs> oh, our poor guys. Poor Kanan these episodes. I just feel so much for him. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be better. Next, we have Thrawn and the Battle of Bataan. Mm. Taking place during the events of the first canon Thrawn novel, the one from 2017, this battle marked the true beginnings of the alliance between then-Admiral Thrawn and Governor Price. She offered to be his political advisor because he's terrible, y'all. Terrible at political maneuvering. I still I still maintain a, a healthy skepticism of that claim. <laughs> oh, no, he's, he's bad at it. <laughs> he's, he's really bad at it. Seems to be working out just right, fine the, for him. The, the, yeah. well, I mean, he, he's so... <laughs> Like he's good at his job. He's just that good where he's going to get by. And Palpatine doesn't care that he's bad at political maneuvering. He's too good of a resource to throw away, which we will have to see eventually if the Chiss also <laughs> believe in Thrawn that much. He was promoted to Grand Admiral after this battle at Baton, though not before asking the Emperor to divulge the details of the Death Star. Thrawn kind of figured out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yo, what about that super weapon you're obviously building? <laughs> oh my. Callus also mentions that the civilian casualties from this battle were high. And there's a reason Price chooses to interject at this moment. Mm, because she caused most of those freaking casualties. Mm, I hate her so much. She needed to get something off her chest, maybe, Arenda? Mm-hmm. Speaking of Price, if you want her backstory about her origins on Lethal, it's also in the Thrawn uh, first novel. Mm-hmm. And she knows Governor, former Governor Ryder Azadi also, which is yes. in the book. She is the reason he is the former Governor. <laughs> so the character of Bendu was specifically developed for Rebels, but his name comes from the original Star Wars script. The Jedi back in one of the early drafts were called the Jedi Bendu. Dave Filoni also confirmed that once season three was concluded, Ahsoka was supposed to have a scene with Bendu, which would definitely track with the fact that Morai shows up and lands on his shoulder. We'll call yeah. him a bird, chilling, mm-hmm. just chilling with him. I love it. And next we move on to the Y-Wings. They were going to General Yan Dodana, who is the commander of the largest group of rebels under Bail Organa. Dodana was an officer in the Republic Navy during the Clone Wars and the Imperial Navy before defecting to the Rebellion. This was a huge loss for the Empire, you guys. Dodana is a legendary military tactician. The Y-Wings in question will be put under the command of Captain John Dutch Vander, who is the leader of Gold Squadron, who we see in A New Hope with his Y-Wings. 
And then finally, why doesn't Chopper want to get in those Y-Wings? That's because that's the type of ship he crashed during the Clone Wars. I mean, here's the thing, people. Droids get PTSD, too. Protect mm-hmm. Chopper, poor sweet Punam. Mm-hmm. Poor I had buddy. to get that one to Sarah. I'm like, Sarah, <laughs> she needs to defend the droids. Poor Chop. <laughs> but he overcomes that fear, and he not only flies one Y-wing, he flies like seven. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he overcomes it. They jam him into the droids. <laughs> but then he's like, fine. I'll do it. Yes. We didn't get we didn't get any kind of like a chopper flicking you off thing there, which I was surprised at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, before we move into our next holocron, we'd like to take a moment to tell you about this week's sponsor, Bruce. Bruce is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra gentle bristles, the Bruce redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling right after you leave the dentist, a fresh whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners can get 15% off their total purchase with code POD15, that's P-O-D-1-5. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. Yes, indeed. We'd also like to tell you about our new partnership with Fiverr. Do you need a freelancer to help with your website, either a designer or maybe you need someone to help write expert articles and blogs? or an expert presentation designer to give you help with that next big work project? Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, some for as low as $5 per gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers by yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in the show notes to get started. Please note, Bohemian Geek Studies is an affiliate of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of Bohemian Geek Studies, and we appreciate your continued support. All right, everybody, we are ready for our fifth hologram, the newbie from Naboo. This is Flo's first time watching Rebels, so we've tasked her with watching the episodes. Season three, we're in season three. It's time for some emo energy. (laughs) She's going to give us her questions and her takes. So let's see what our ambassador for Naboo thought about Ezra's new look. <laughs> okay, well, my first like 12 notes are all about Ezra's new look, but <laughs> you are so right about emo. Like this kid is definitely heading to like a My Chemical Romance concert like any second. <laughs> Absolutely. He, Tickets paid for. He is joining the Black Parade. A hundred percent. He needs to calm down. He like, he reminds me of me when I was in like eighth grade and I had a Walkman like a like a disc Walkman, obviously like not a cassette tape Walkman. I'm not a disc man. A, okay, whatever. A disc man, <laughs> and I would just like blast Simple Plan and Good Charlotte, and just be like, nobody understands me. <laughs> I mean, I still do that, but anyways, <laughs> I'll just move on. Note number one says Ezra's hair. OMG, no. <laughs> Thank you. His I'm long with you. baby hair is gone. Oh my god, he had the best hair. Yeah. He had like such like lovely floppy hair and now he looks like he's like a Ken doll. A teenager. A recruit for the army. Like yeah. what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Horrible. However, I was like, shaved his head one day. And they were like, what happened? 100% blown in his room. Like they, they did not take him room. anywhere. They did not take him to a barber. Yeah. He's just yeah. like, I'm shaving it off, mom. This is not a phase. Yeah. No so way. Chopper like, definitely did it. Oh, like in his sleep? Maybe. <laughs> like as a prank. I like it. 
I do like that Ezra is way more in charge. He seems super confident. Definitely the Jedi skills have leveled up a million percent. The like flipping sequence in the hallway was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Also, I'm talking about episode one. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, they're effectively one long episode, so it's all right. Good. I just got really excited to talk about it. Um, also, he got tall. Yes, mm-hmm. he got taller. Like you can really tell in comparison to Sabine. Mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, now, now Sabine's going to be interested, my dude. Here we Not go. Not if he keeps talking to her like that. He was super rude. I mean, we're going to get into this later, but like the leadership skills need some honing. Oh, yeah. That, it was rough. This note just says, Hondo, of course. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I saw him, I was just, yeah, Anders is going to be really happy about Yay. this one. <laughs> What a dick. Hondo is the biggest dick in the galaxy. shop just are great. I can't, cannot. Okay, we have to talk about Ezra possessing people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a little bit. A, a little, no one, Kanan certainly didn't teach him that. No, I wrote no, that. No. Also, that was like kind of hot. I'm not going to lie. When <laughs> Sabine was like, when did Kanan teach you that? He's like, he didn't. I was like, Ooh, Ooh. all right. Okay, calm down over there. Uh, it was very dark. It was dark as shit. Um, literally, I thought it was beautiful how when he was possessing the trooper inside of the at-at, he literally took it a step too far. Yes. Yeah. He could have yeah. stopped it, and then he literally took it a step too far and made him dive off the edge to his death. Mm-hmm. And it your was- weird attraction to this and calling it hot is just really calling back some major Anakin parallels here. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... He's a bad boy in that scene. (laughs) He was a bad boy in that scene. Also, like, smart, though. Yeah. I mean, the walker, if he released the walker pilot, he probably would have killed them, so... 100%. Got the job done. He did. He got the job done. I don't approve of his technique, but, like, what was the other option? Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that's... That's the moral philosophical quandary, right? So, like, what slicing them in half with a lightsaber is somehow more noble? Right? Yeah, or even like deflecting the blaster shot. Like, deflecting the blaster shot right at them is somehow okay. Yep. Look, I yeah. don't like the possessing of the person. Like, that makes me uncomfortable as a human. Like, yeah. One time I got hypnotized at the county fair, Oof. but I couldn't be hypnotized because it like scared me so much. So I like pushed back on it, pushed back on it, and like, pretended to be hypnotized during the entire show but like i knew exactly what was going on but anyway so i understand long story i mean short. knocking over the ad at would have had pretty much the exact same result and maybe not you know killed everybody in sight you mean f- if he had like force pushed it yeah can he do that like is he strong enough to force push an at at yeah and that size maybe, matters not maybe there but or I mean, it, it? it took a I, lot of it? strength to do the mind trick that far away. Like that yeah. is insane. I don't think it's we've a huge seen amount of power. Anybody Definitely. Do that? Like, Look, ooh. very imperious was, curse. Better way. I'm all about the better way. I am mm-hmm. not into the possessing of the person. That's very scary and obviously like has repercussions. Like, is he going to keep doing this? Is he going to do this to his friends? Like, that makes me feel pretty nervous mm-hmm. that he can just do this. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it got the job done. It saved his friends, like, uh, which clearly that's what he's most concerned about, which is where I really got the Anakin vibes. Mm-hmm. Where, mm-hmm. La, 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 I, oh, right here. Actually, it's like right after this. I literally wrote, 
So then we see the holocron, right? He goes back to his room. We see the holocron. Mm-hmm. I wrote sassy teenage angst Ezra. <laughs> I also wrote Sabine has new hair. Yes. Yeah, I like it. This is good hair. It's all right. It's I a like little, it. It's a I like little the blue bit, a little like, bit better. It's, the cut is a little like, may I speak to your manager? Like, <laughs> I'm not super into it. But anyways, it's okay. The color okay. is good. <laughs> I love the coloring. The color is beautiful. I just, mm-hmm. like... It's just a little severe. Mm. I, I kind of like want something like maybe more flippy. I don't know. That's fine. I'm not her stylist. And she can do whatever she wants. And if she feels confident and powerful with that haircut, like you go, girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. This says Holocron. Oh, no. This is some Horcrux shit. So <laughs> I wrote that. And then Ezra says this. I will never let my friends get hurt again. Mm-hmm. And that was where the Anakin like really hit for me. That was yeah. exactly like, they're not going to take Padme like they took my mom. You know, yeah. it was just like that fear of losing the people that you love that we all have. That's all of our path to the dark side, I think. Yes. Yeah. And so it's, it's scary. And like you empathize with him in that moment because obviously nobody wants their friends and their family to die but that's something that we as humans have to come to terms with and accept. Mm-hmm. But that's hard when you're 17 and your parent or however, how old is he in this? Probably 17. 17 okay. now. He, I looked, think. he looked about 17. This yeah. was like pretty obvious that he was around that age. Like he's already watched his parents die. He's watched them be taken from him. Mm-hmm. He's seen Kanan get blinded. He's seen death and destruction. And like, that's tough. That's too much for a kid his age. Mm-hmm. so i don't blame him but i am very scared for him mm-hmm. which is my own path to the dark side <laughs> so there you go being afraid for your loved ones yes also like maybe we don't make 17 year olds lieutenant commanders <laughs> yeah i just they're kind of like short-staffed is... well okay yeah. but like what is sabine then i i don't know what rank she has i mean she's kind of by her by, off by herself a little bit i mean yeah Zeb she's not has a rank eventually who too. who's gonna rank ezra above sabine i think sabine doesn't necessarily want to rank like she's a part of the crew but she's not like stepping up being like i will lead missions i will like do yeah. i will be a part, part of, of this ship, part, of, part the crew. of yeah she's not like i will be a part of this hierarchy like that she's just a crew yeah, member the rebellion hierarchy kind of yeah i I just feel like it's not smart to give the kid that much power. But well, I mean, clearly. Not. It's like during the Clone Wars when they had the Padawans be commanders. Like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, that seems totally okay. I mean, honestly, they shouldn't have made Anakin a commander of anything either or whatever he was. Like, He was a general. General. <laughs> that guy has issues. I love him. And even I know he's got issues. Like, yes. let's watch him a little more closely. You didn't give him the rank of master for a reason, people. Anyways, I cannot. Okay, this note, I don't even know what this is about, but it just says, oh God, Kanan. <laughs> so, I'm just going to say it's a blanket statement. Yes. Oh God, Kanan. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated seeing his face. It just made me so sad. So sad. Uh-huh. So sad. He's like by himself. Clearly like he, a lot of this reminded me of Order of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. Harry Potter. So we've got Ezra is Harry, obviously, the angsty teen. Sabine and Zeb are just, like, trying to, like, keep the ship afloat, like Hermione and Ron did. Yep. And then we kind of have Kanan as serious, like, 
trapped within himself, trapped within Grimald Place, like unable to go do the things that kind of bring him meaning. Mm -hmm. And like, that's hard. And so I'm, I'm glad that in the next episode, we kind of see Kanan coming out of that in a way that we didn't see Sirius come out of that. Mm-hmm. But I was really worried during this first episode. I'm like, this is yeah. going to lead to a very dark place. And clearly it has been a very dark place in the times between season two and season three. We just haven't seen it. Yeah. So that's, and how long is between season two and season three? Um, I think it's supposed to be six to nine months. I'd have to recheck the timeline because there's, okay. there's not really a definitive answer. Jesus, did they give Ezra like some steroids? Like what is happening? <laughs> I think he was 16 at the end of season two. Yeah, but two. he was 16 with a baby face and like five inches shorter. Mm-hmm. Little baby. I don't baby know. I, st- I, I maintain if you watch like the last few episodes of, of season two, I think he does get taller in that time frame. To grow, grow a little I think bit. He starts getting some, he starts stretching a little bit. I mean, he's really tall in this one. Um. Okay. <laughs> this note was kind of funny. So I'm just going to read it. It says, Ezra concealing holocron like he got caught masturbating. <laughs> yep. Like, Don't look at that sock. Don't touch yeah. it. Kanan nope. walks into the room. He's like, I wasn't doing anything. Like, let me hide the table, even though you're blind. Like, <laughs> please, please don't put your hand there. <laughs> As he's doing that, like the Pornhub theme, like sound is coming out of the holocron. Man, anyways, crazy. I loved Kanan saying it's a trap amazing amazing shit Mm -hmm. this note was specifically for the showrunners i just wrote please stop showing me the spiders i don't i don't need to see them anymore i don't want to see them they are disgusting ezra wants to kill everyone which was a tough tough look very tough um very tough this note just says came in your poor face so (laughs) that speaks for itself poor baby i'm not gonna lie i think the highlight of this episode for me was seeing callus (laughs) <laughs> Callus looks good. <laughs> looking. Callus always looks good. He is looking very good. And of course, I was excited to see Thrawn. This is my first introduction to Thrawn. I know Colleen talks about Thrawn all the time. Um, he has a weird forehead, so that's yes. my first take. Mm-hmm. Um, very strange, bumpy forehead. And he whispers. Yeah. What do yes. you think of his voice? It was unexpected I guess is the best way that I can say it but I also feel like this guy is kind of a sadist Mm. I just feel like only like sadists like whisper like that and I feel like he definitely like has some Christian Grey shit going on in the bedroom (laughs) he's got something going (laughs) I feel like this guy like owns a lot of leather and like spits in people's mouths that's my take about Thrawn. <laughs> I would, uh, that's hard to say. I'm just saying, there's a lot of harnesses. He probably has a sex swing. Oh, uh, I would oh, yeah. say probably. <laughs> that, that's, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. All right, Thrawn. He likes like, new experiences. He likes to try yours. things out. Get yours. Likes to sample um, different cultures. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. He's, like, oh, He's a man a of the swing. world. A man of the world. Um, I wrote that Thrawn seems smart AF. Very. He seems very smart. Like he yes. saw right through their plan. So he's definitely going to be harder to hoodwink 
than like Callus or even like the Inquisitors or any of those people just because he seems like he knows what's going on so that was good and then my last note on this episode just says Ezra needs to calm the F down (laughs) which also applies to so much yes so then we move into episode two and I wrote way less notes just because I feel like this one gave us less information in a lot of ways just like less like breadth of information Mm -hmm. or action though or right that too like I don't know uh, I wrote Rex as a fucking badass <laughs> when he's just like, I'm going out and just like starts shooting at the thing when like he's dangling by a leg. That was the craziest <laughs> shit. Like get him, Grandpa Rex. Grandpa Rex is everybody's top grandpa at this point. Yes. <laughs> the Bendu guy. Bendu. <laughs> I was wondering so... how you're going to feel about Bendu. <laughs> I just feel like I like Bendu. I did. I didn't have a problem with Bendu, but Bendu's kind of a dick. He's like a dick minotaur. Yes. And that's exactly what he is, right? He's like, ah, I'm just here. And like, you should walk towards the spider, bitch. Like, how about you just go do it without me explaining at all who I am or what I do or why I'm here or where I've been and why I'm not helpful. So I don't know. Bendu was just kind of there. I feel like he was kind of forced into the situation by the showrunners. They're just like, oh, well, we need something to get Kanan out of his funk. And it's not going to be extremely hot sex with Hera. So we're going to pick pick Bendu. We're going to pick a giant space moose. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay. I was really sad about Kanan. When he was like fear, grief, anger. And he's like, oh my gosh, it's me. And it's like, we knew that it was going to be about him, that it wasn't about Ezra, that it wasn't about, you know, anything but his situation. But it was still hard to see him like that. Mm-hmm. So that was tough. Lost. I did not enjoy seeing Chopper versus that huge dismantler droid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those things were huge, absolutely terrifyingly big. Like, I feel surprisingly like big. It, 100%. When we saw it in that first scene where they were flying in, I was like, oh, it's like those tiny little droids that go like, beep, 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 you know, yeah, when they like... like the buzz droids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the buzz and then that thing was like, I, I don't even know how big it was. It was like the size <laughs> of a ship. Mm-hmm. Larger, yeah. larger than the ghost. It, it was well, it's wild. Larger than no. the Phantom. For it was, sure. it was about yeah, the size yeah, yeah, of the yeah. Phantom. It was wild. So, I mean, Chop like didn't stand a chance. Mm-mm. So that was really scary. Um, I liked seeing Kanan and Hera back together again. That was very sweet. Great stuff in the cockpit. Loved it. There's definitely like a missing scene there as the (laughs) autopilot was going. Um, That's all I'm saying. I really liked Ezra versus that Titus guy. Ah, He's back. Oh my God. That was so funny. He's like, get ready for a demotion or whatever. I was like. Go get him, Ezra. That like, was, that was the, that's the Ezra that we know and love. Exactly. Yes. That was like light side. You know, that was like Jabba. That mm-hmm. was Jabba, Ezra. And it was like, that's that's good. That's good it's stuff. Like, oh, it's you. <laughs> I will say, I was confused in this episode how they were going to get all those ships back. And they did answer that with the remote piloting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I really liked that they answered that for me because I was concerned. I was like, they're not going to yeah. tow all of these ships back like how are they going to do this so that was cool i like that honestly kanan's just the best dad in the galaxy we're recording this on father's day and like yes kanan he really crushed it in this one like 
what that he came back and then the line of course i'll always come back and ezra says i know and it was just like <laughs> so cute. Oh! <laughs> oh my gosh when ezra was alone like just with when the ghost fell yes. and he's just like canaan where are you it's just yes. like, oh. right my dad where's my dad <laughs> that's all he wanted right it was just like he yeah. just wanted yeah. canaan there he knew that canaan would save the day just like we all felt like our parents would do for us when we were little and it's just like you know, this time Kanan showed up, but sometimes like your parents don't show up or like you've got to deal with it yourself. And so I think- Especially after like, the last thing you said to them was, I don't need you. I don't need you uh, Well, and we've all said that, haven't we? I'm sure yep. we've all said that. In I've some way, shape or form. Yes. Yep. With, with the headphones on and the good Charlotte blaring, <laughs> I was like, you don't understand me. <laughs> Teens. So anyways, it was sweet. I was glad that Ezra and Kanan were able to come back together between all the angst and mm-hmm. it was lovely. This was a really strong start to the season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I'm nervous, but excited. So awesome. yeah, it'll, it'll be good. I love season three. Season three is underrated. Okay. That's good, very to know. good. It is very, very good. Very good. Let's head to that six holocron conjecture at the cantina where we ask our questions about the episode and explore some wider Star Wars lore together. Colleen, kick us off, girl. Yay, I got you. What did Dave Filoni and crew have to say about these episodes? Mm -hmm. A whole lot. (laughs) They said a ton. I had to pick a few things. Story groups Pablo Hidalgo told Rebels Recon host Antti Gutierrez that the Jedi might not be the most well, they might be the most well-known force users, but they're not the oldest. Nope. (laughs) Here is Bendu for us. So basically Bendu is almost as old as the Mortis trio. Like he's friggin' old. He's been around for a long time being the balance in the force. And Hidalgo was like, I really hope that Kanan can learn a lot from the Bendu. Learning things that even the Jedi didn't know. Or not from a Jedi. Ignored. <laughs> <laughs> not from the Jedi, but from the space moose. So much lore. They created Bendu because they liked exploring the force in a deeper way, getting into the spirituality of the whole thing. And they have a lot of freedom to do that in an animated medium that they really couldn't do in live action, which is like how we got the Mortis arc for Clone Wars mm-hmm. and now with the Bendu. And I love that. Although apparently we, have... we might have gone to, back to Mortis in live action in Rise of Skywalker, Ugh. but that didn't happen. <laughs> mm. I, that was a choice. <laughs> They could have given us Mortis, but no, of course, they did not. And then, of course, we have Thrawn. They actually thought about bringing him in in season one, but the rebellion was too small at that point, and they were more focused on the ghost crew, Mm -hmm. and Thrawn is not going to be called in for one rebel ship. He's just not. So then Filoni finally thought they were ready in season three. He's like, okay, the rebellion's kind of growing now. They might be able to like rationalize sending a Grand Admiral out to the Outer Rim to help at Lothal. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to keep Thrawn as close to Timothy Zahn's character as possible, since he's such a beloved presence in Star Wars, especially in Legends, now starting to come out more in canon. So it's really exciting to get Thrawn here. Although I wish they had talked with Zahn more mm. about the character development, which they kind of did, but not a ton. Yeah, not too much. And correct me if I'm wrong, Colleen. So, I mean, we had we had Maul show up at the end of season two, and we have Thrawn here at the mm-hmm. start of season three. But they they didn't tease either of those, did they? No. Back when the show was airing, this was like a complete surprise. See, yes. that's really cool. Yes. 
You're like, we got to hit them. I mean, Star Wars has been really good at that. Just look at the Bat Batch. <laughs> no freaking clue what was going to happen. Oh, except I did know because my brother spoiled it for me. But before that, I had no idea that freaking Cad Bane was going to show oh. up. I was like, holy crap. This is great. But yeah, well, I was looking at us like, I have no idea what you people are talking about. Just me like, neither. I'm so happy that you guys enjoy things. It's so cute. Yeah, the bounty hunter with the funny hat. Yeah, <laughs> but I do think it's fun because I think Flo, you're basically in the position I was when I first was watching Rebels. Like at that point, I had the barest glimpse of an idea of who Thrawn was. <laughs> like I didn't I, know that Colleen loves him. That's really yes. the extent yeah. of my knowledge. I knew that I some character was showing up in Rebels season three that people who loved extended universe stuff really liked <laughs> and then that was mm -hmm. it yes it's good enough for me honestly like i'm just like get fine mm -hmm. give it to me that's all good <laughs> all right i only i had one main question about about this these episodes he was moody he was rude he was mean but in the moment was ezra's ch choice to move from recon to go in closer and actually try and get the ships because they were actively in the process of being destroyed. Was that the right call to make? Are we just going around the table for this one? <laughs> Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think it was the right call at the end. Like, I think sometimes you do need to make a decision on the ground. Like, if you're the person there, you get to make the call. I think that... Ezra kind of struggles with making a plan. And honestly, like he's gotten that from Kanan and Hera who also kind of suck at making a plan. Like everybody <laughs> kind of sucks at making a plan. So I wish that he had kind of talked through plans A through F or G or H with people and been like, what if this is happening? What if this is happening? Like you can't just like go in and expect plan A to work. Right. You need to go in with numerous plans, which he mm -hmm. did not. That's mm -hmm. poor leadership to me. But also he's had poor leadership from Kanan and Hera, to be honest. Like, I really love them, but they're not always, I mean, we saw it with this Inquisitor thing. Like, <laughs> come on, just like get, yeah. get numerous plans in place, people. At the end of the day, he pulled it out, but man, it was, it was a little close for comfort. And I'm glad that Hera demoted him for a little bit yeah. or like suspended mm -hmm. him. Like he needs to understand you don't just like get to do whatever you want to do when you're in a leadership position. So he made the right call, but not in the right way. Okay. I, I agree. <laughs> How about you, Sarah? What do you think? I don't think it was the right call. I think that kid is a lucky SOB. He lucky. could have killed absolutely everyone. And it is just lucky that Hera knew Ezra well enough for her and Sato to even say against Ezra's direct words, no, we need to get in there. So like, not only was it a bad call to go in when it was supposed to be just a recon mission, mm -hmm. but it was, it was compounded worse when Ezra lied during the mission as it was spiraling into crises. So no, not the right call, not the right leader. Not the right call, not the right leader. I, I will just a little bit like yes he lied to them like right in the middle of things Bad. but at the same <laughs> time like there's no way he thought that they were going to believe that <laughs> he's I mean, like, he's so much reconning while we while we recon <laughs> i will oh, say was, like oof. again this kind of reminds me of order of the phoenix where it's like 
Harry and squad just heads to the ministry of magic without any sort of backup plan yeah. or thought. Right. And it's like, thank God that people showed up for you. Exactly. Or else exactly. you're dead. You're literally yeah. deceased. Yeah. As exactly. we should be dead. A, like a million times over. Yeah. Without. Yeah. Mm, I, I think they needed the Y wings. Like they did. They really do. Especially when we know what the Y wings are used for later, but in that moment, it was such a bad call, especially when he has Rex right there. Mm -hmm. Your resource, like your tactician is there. Maybe ask Rex his opinion. That's the other thing, right? Like he's got so much hubris that he's not pulling in his resources. And that's what a good right. leader does. You mm -hmm. look at the people around you and you say, here's your strength, something that I might be lacking. Mm -hmm. And a good leader just puts their best people in in the right place yeah mm -hmm. he did not do that so i don't know why they made him a lieutenant <laughs> very confused well Plot he'd point. been he'd been he'd, he'd been, been pulling well. off successful missions for the last several months well using the dark side mm. yeah but they didn't know that they didn't know about that <laughs> well maybe you should keep a closer eye on your people yeah Maybe we run some polygraphs or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just can't, feel like. I mean, is Zeb really out of the room that much that he can open that holocron? <laughs> well, maybe they raid the room. Like. Zeb probably wouldn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. Is he still bunking with Zeb? Yes. yes. Like, he's like, yo, Zeb, turn your music on, bud. Like, Zeb, the computer, yeah. there's a there's the a, Zeb, wall. there's a tie on the door. I'm holocroning. Holocroning. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm holocroning. That's what I'm gonna start calling it now when I uh, have some fun. Oh man! Hell yeah! yeah. Zeb in the freaking room. I, that room must just reek. Like, uh, like <laughs> teenage boy and freaking Lasat who already smells like oh god. Kaden's room is like right next to theirs. Like it's working. Well. Well, I only have one teensy tiny little question because numbers sometimes mean something in Star Wars. Does the number 6609, Hondo's jail cell number, mean anything? Not that I could find online, but that's not to say that it doesn't mean something to the crew of Star of the Star Wars team. It could. Cool. It's just, it was not Google-able, at least from what I could find. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our last holocron. Anders, do you want to take us out? Absolutely. So tune in with us next time as we continue our coverage of Rebel Season 3 with a familiar face and some dastardly holocron shenanigans. <laughs> no, well, we are not holocroning here. <laughs> I can't help myself, too. <laughs> Yo, Ezra, Ezra's turning out like Anakin. Flo just can't help it anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'll still pick Anakin any day, but... But until then, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com, where you can watch all of our episodes. Enjoy Colleen's Book Corner, where she's reviewing Star Wars literature, and contact us through email and social media. And as always, keep telling other nerdy knights to join us. It really does help. You can also head over to ForgottenEntertainment.com. Check out all the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast, which just wrapped its first run. Uh, Colleen, myself, and our co-host Daniel, along with some very special guests who you might recognize, examined all the films in the Star Wars canon. Until next time, holocrons up and keep those episodes streaming.
Do yeah. not put your holocrons, uh, keep your holocrons <laughs> in your pants. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.